Hey, good morning, Michael. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing, man? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. This is um, a little bit of a, a different scenario here for us. It's uh, morning for me and nighttime for you. Usually it's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like totally thrown off right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you, man. It's, it's already dark outside. I need to, you know, I'm going to be getting ready for bed after we wrap this episode up. So <sighs> yeah. What's My been going on? Kid. Ah, not too much. I was just say my wife and child are like still asleep and I'm I'm very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> very jealous. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, man. Uh yeah, not too much though. Just been trying to swing my bow a lot. Got yeah. to got to run through some uh Chikendokun quite a bit yesterday, starting yeah. to starting to feel good about moving again. So yeah, man. How about you? You've been swinging your bow much? Yeah, actually I was out uh swinging my bow a little bit upstairs today. Um I uh I was watching a video of somebody who's a, a, a fellow student the other day, and it actually something he did sparked something that I'd been having a text message with one of my other brother students who's in America, a longtime yeah. student of Oshiro Sensei, and he was trying to explain something, you know, and via text. Yeah. Um, and then I saw this other video, just a, a brief clip. Uh, Wait, was this on Instagram? Did, did I see this video? Uh, you you did, but it's not the recent one you're probably thinking about. It, oh. it was it was from a couple months ago. Somebody else. Oh, okay. Not, not okay, there. okay. It was somebody else's video, and I was like, "Oh, I bet you that's the thing that he was talking about." So yeah. I was I was up, um, up in my up in my little uh, my little dojo, swinging my bow and my Joe there, so I don't bang the wall or the light again. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was asking is because like the other video that I was referencing, the most recent one, yeah. that made me like go, "All right, I'm going to swing my bow today." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, uh, that was pretty impressive, right? Yeah, he, he, he is impressive. And it's funny to watch him because, uh, since he started that Instagram channel and I've been following him, man, he is just progressing like so much, so much. Yeah. He's really sharp. Yeah. It, uh, it's fun to watch and I'm like, oh man, I gotta do that. And then I was, so I was, I was, I was doing some, some kihon and swinging and I'm like, man, my arms are tired. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I had this bow, and um, you know, I was. It's funny because we were talking. I was doing some kobodo with one of my students uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, in one training session we did sai, and then the next training session we did uh, we did bow, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I think I think sai is my favorite now," and I was like, "Oh yeah, why is sai your favorite? Because like sai is you know sai is sai is not my least favorite." Right. Um, that would be uh, Tomfa. Tomfa, okay. But, uh, I've actually started to enjoy Sai a little bit more over the past year or so. But when I asked him, and he's like, man, bow is just too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like the, moving with Sai, it's like it's easier to translate with like to your karate, right? Where right. the bow, like, man, it just it, it, it becomes it's a it's another animal it really is yeah 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 Yeah. i i I feel his pain (laughs) yeah well you know um but i i have i have a feeling that this setup just kind of ties in with our topic of conversation today and and what are we going to talk about today yeah i think i think we're going to just just keep on talking about some uh some kobudo today some kobudo yeah yeah all right let's do it let's do it so can you why don't uh well, what, what do you do for Kobodo? 
So I practice uh, Matayoshi Koburo uh, yeah. through the lineage of the Zen Okinawa Koburo Renmei in, in Okinawa. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is uh, one of the, it's like the really the first break off of uh, Matayoshi Koburo from, you know, Matayoshi himself actually started it as a, you know, as a way to keep things moving forward um, away from the Kodokan. But yeah, it's, it's like the first break off of, of the Kodokan. So, okay. Yeah. And, and you do what? I do Yamanediyu. Yamanechinenyu. Yamanechinenyu. Yeah. With uh, Oshiro Sensei, Oshiro Toshihiro Sensei. Do you think it's important to um, like identify Yamanechinenyu versus just Yamanediyu? If you'd asked me several years ago, I would have said no. Yeah. Um, but there are, there have been, how do we say this? I guess there have been, there's been an, other people that have started to come out yeah. doing Yamane to you uh, mm-hmm. more recently. And so, right. um, you know, I, in fact, you know, this, so Oshiro Sensei Sensei is, Kishaba Chogi mm-hmm. Sensei, who's who's passed um, several years ago. Um, it's been a little while. Um, but I recently saw a picture of somebody in uh, Okinawa who um, the kanban, the picture of the kanban that they have says Yamane Kishaba Ryu. Mm. So, you know, I don't know what their relationship was. I mean, I, I believe that they were a, a, another student of Kishaba Sensei, but they don't belong to the organization that Kishaba Sensei and Oshiro Sensei started, the uh, RBKD, the Yuki right. Bujutsu Kinku Dogukai. So I don't know, you know, like where where things were, what that status is. And then, you know, there's other other groups that that um, are saying they're doing Yamane Ryu and stuff like that. So for us, at least, we've always just designated, you know, Yamane Chinen Ryu. Right. See, and that's kind of why... Every time I say that I do Matayoshi Koburo, I always like quantify it by saying I do Zen Okinawa Koburo Renmei, like Matayoshi Koburo, not just generically Matayoshi Koburo, because there are so many different groups that do Matayoshi Koburo, but you know, it's not always same, same. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely not same, same. Well, and see, yeah. and so this is the, I mean, without going too far off the topic of Koburo itself, but you know, in... And because you, you mentioned breakoffs and, and things like that. And a lot of times, you know, Japanese karate and kobudo, you'll have whatever, something, something, you know, ha, whatever, right. whatever, do you, right? Like even even my karate, right, is mm-hmm. Shimaha Shoden you, right? So Hoshiro right. Sensei's karate teacher was uh, Shima Sensei, who um, was uh, one of the senior students of Nagamine Sensei. And after first generation uh, uh, Nagamine Sensei passed. Um, he, you know, he, he, he'd had, he was one of the first branch dojos, I guess, of mm-hmm. uh, Matsubayashi Ryu. And so he broke off. And uh, the same thing like with Kishabajuku that uh, Shinzato Sensei now runs. That was a break off of Matsubayashi Ryu. And as teachers kind of develop their own thing. So it, usually two things happen in this is either they just want to break off and form their own organization for whatever, either with their sensei's death or passing or 
right. maybe sometimes it could be a, a non non amicable separation, if you will. And mm-hmm. well, now I'm going to do whatever, whatever, ha, whatever style. Um, and the, but there's no fundamental difference in technique, right? The other way is is that you know somebody builds almost kind of following the shuhadi principle of you know separation at the end there. Well, mm-hmm. somebody will develop their own, they'll train with their sensei for, you know, however many long years. And then as they develop, they will form their own thoughts. And so the techniques can start to vary. And right. so that's where even, you know, and this may be, you know, I don't know how, how you know, I, I could even articulate that perhaps the, the bow that we do now is adopted has been you know so influenced by Oshiro Sensei's personal training, not just right. the training that he received from Kishaba Sensei or even sure. Karate. It's you know his own research and his own study and his continued practice. You know, and and so I mean you could even make the argument you know maybe that it's 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 Oshiro style. You know, right. Yamane do you know if you know you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know. That's not a, that's not a thing. That's just me, you know, you know, speaking out loud, but you know, I, I think that it, sometimes that, that differentiation can be an impact because, you know, we've seen other videos of other people who have other Yamanidu lineages and even the kata that are the same kata, the, some of the techniques uh, can be, can be different. Yeah. I'd be pissed if they came in my dojo and started smacking my floor around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we went right there. <laughs> I mean, at least you have mats. It's not like they're smacking divots in the hardwood floor, right? Well, uh, well we we typically don't train kobudo on the the matted floor. We we do it in the oh. other dojo that's the hardwood floor. So. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Then, yeah, I'd be upset too if people started smacking the floor. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, Kobudo, Yamane do. So, I mean, and this is where, so like my student that I was talking about, um, you know, has, has a, right now, a, a large portion of his emphasis is on competition. However, right. he comes from, you know, competition, he's late to competition, if you will. His, the majority of his karate growth was what we would, you know, for, for lack of a better term, you know, traditional non-competitive karate. And, right. you know, he has, uh, you know, he, he, I'm, I'm not his original sensei and, you know, he comes from a thing and he had, you know, a situation with his sensei who passed uh, several years ago and we ended up training together and whatnot. But, you know, he, he has a Kobodo background already and, um, it's just making that transition, mm-hmm. um, is tough. So, and I know the system that he comes from, and I was actually told by another sensei that that system is actually based in Yamanikyu. But if you were to like pair them side by side, like maybe the Embusins are the same, but like technically everything is so different. So I've, I've heard that as well. In fact, I think they have, they, they differentiate. There's something, there's one of the kata that they used to do that, Mm -hmm. um, they even say they like they specify like this kata comes from the Yamane Ryu side. This kata okay. come we picked up from somewhere else, and I can't remember okay. exactly which kata it was that he told me, but I just can't remember. 
But I think with that, again, it was over time, I think, mm-hmm. as common as is common with not just Kobodo, but karate, things, you know, start to drift, right? The further right. the further many generations, unless you're unless you're really putting a lot of effort, I'm um, sorry, emphasis or effort into um, trying to stay as close as possible, things start to start to drift. And I think that's a that's a, a good idea to talk about on another podcast about like preservation of uh you know the system. You know, I was yeah. uh, thinking about that actually while you were talking about like the Shimaha versus the the possibility of the Oshiroha, you know. Yeah. Or or Hagenha <laughs> in the future. <laughs> well you know. Uh go ahead because I, w- I, I wanna say something about that. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, that that might be a good good topic for um, a future podcast. That's all. Well, so I mean, we, we should totally talk about that, but just a little a little note there, um, because somebody else had somebody who I was having a conversation with. Um, one point, actually brought that up, and I didn't expect them to go there in that or I didn't expect them to, to take the conversation in this direction. They're like, you know, after a certain point, and they've been practicing karate and Kobodo mm-hmm. for a while. But after a certain point, if you're a diligent instructor and you're, or a dil- if you're a diligent karateka and you're really training and, you know, it's, if it's your, your thing, right, mm-hmm. you're not just going through the numbers, at a certain point, it becomes Jonathan style or Michael right. style because it the the not just the karate but other things can start to impact not impact but have an influence in the way you think about it and I've noticed that in myself and I've talked about this in um, briefly in in other ones and maybe we'll get into this topic specifically but I know I can tell you specifically where certain things don't necessarily influence technique per se but mm-hmm. they influence how I think about technique and right. how, and it's had a big inf- influence on how I approach the training of the technique. Right. That I don't know that I would have gotten had I not had those other external experiences or training in other avenues or other areas. And if, it, if I was relying solely on what I learned in the dojo. Right. Um, it might it might not be that way. So, anyways, yeah, Kobodo. that makes sense to me. Yeah. So how so, your your Matayoshi? How long have you been doing Matayoshi Kobodo? Um, <clears throat> let's see. That's a good question. Like officially, like getting registered and, and things like that with the Zen Okinawa Kobodo Renmei that took place in 2016. Okay. Uh, but I actually started doing Matayoshi Kobudo in 2010. 2010. Okay. 2010. Yeah. So we're, right. we're approaching 12 years of, of Matayoshi Kobudo now. Yep. All right. So with, and what's your, what's your, what's your primary, like your, your top, your top weapons or tools that you, that you train in? Um, 
I I go straight for the bow pretty much oh. always. Um, yeah. And like every every class, we're we're starting with bow before we pick up anything else. Um, and and pretty much in order for for my dojo at least, we're we're bow sai, then tonfa, and then maybe nunchaku or eku or kua or uh, kama or <laughs> the list goes on and on for on. when you're finished when you're finished please like <laughs> ring a bell or something and wake me up <laughs> yeah uh that's that's kind of where we stop though i don't i don't actually do a lot of the um uh like the more eclectic weapons like the suruchin or uh things like that i i would love to try it someday but it's not something that i am chomping at the bit to be like oh my gosh i have to learn this because i need to teach it to my students because if i don't then they're not going to be able to advance in their kobudo understanding no they're going to do just fine with bow sai tonfa you know the the standard stuff yeah so and even like when we the like our 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 manual that um you can purchase from shuredo uh it has only bow sai and tonfa in it oh okay yeah so your official curriculum are those three that yeah i guess that's like publicly available oh okay. yeah yeah if you want like beyond that then you need like that more uh, specialized instruction right from a sensei so yeah okay yeah so um but yeah i started in in back in 2010 uh, I was actually not doing Matayoshi Kobudo. I was, you know, part of another karate organization and I was doing uh, that particular karate organization's uh, like built in Kobudo mm. curriculum because it wasn't separate. It was like just like built right into like, you know, if you wanted to get your green belt, you needed to know this Bokata and this oh, karate okay. kata. You know what I mean? Like it was just part of it. Um, but I went to uh, a seminar in New York, and somebody was teaching Matayoshi Koburo. They were they taught the uh, Shushinokun kata, oh. and I was like, okay, this is cool, and it's different. And they were able to like explain where it came from, and you know, a more direct like lineage of uh, the transmission of knowledge versus yeah, this dude made it up in his garage and, you know, <laughs> uh, made it up specifically to go to tournaments and stuff. And now you have to know it to get your green belt. And I, I always, I, I hated that like aspect yeah. of it. And I love yeah. the, um, knowing that something was, there was like a legitimacy to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, even though when you really think about it, like all Qatar made up, right. Somebody had to make them up. Well, so. maybe, maybe, maybe we should <laughs> save that for another, uh, episode because, <laughs> Uh, I've had uh, multiple conversations. I mean, we've talked about making up kata. I've had yeah. other conversations with people. So, in fact, let me... Is it on the list? <laughs> Is it already uh, on the list? I, I don't think it's on the list. Yeah. But um, I'm going to put it on the list, and then we will adjust as necessary. Yeah. But while you're looking at the list, um, you know, you originally kind of posed the question to me about uh, why do I train Kobudo, like yeah. that was at least in the text message. I know you hadn't asked me on here, but I know you were going to. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that there's a specific why mm. other than like I just kind of always have. Yeah. Right. Because even when I was doing Tong Sudo before I moved to Virginia, it was built into that curriculum as well. It wasn't like a separate thing. Okay. Right? And, the, and then I moved to Virginia and the karate program had its thing built into uh, the curriculum. And then like I, 
found out about Mate Shikoburo in like 2010 and I started working on that. But then when I officially transitioned to Goju-ryu, uh, my sensei was part of the Zenokinawa Kobodo Renmei, and he was, you know, uh, you know, a Nanadan in, in Matayoshi Kobudo and um, it, it just kind of, I just fell into like just moving forward with it. I was like, well, all right, well, it's time to start doing bow now, right? Because that's the next thing on the list that yeah. I, I should do. And he was like, well, if you want to, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, there's a choice. And he was like, yeah, you don't, you know, you can just do, you know, goju. You don't have to do kobudo. It's, you know, it's not everybody does both, but if you want to, and I was like, I want to, <laughs> like, let's yeah. go. So yeah, I want it all. So just give it to me. So yeah, that's interesting because like my, my approach to, or my introduction, I guess, to kobudo uh-huh. was a uh, different Right. Um, so again, you know, I my, my my introduction to martial arts was, you know, as we've talked about, you know, I I started in I did a year of taekwondo before moving to Japan, hmm. uh, where I joined the karate club, and so a lot of the taekwondo clubs they have like a built-in like weapons program too, right? Um, I don't know. Our ours did not. Okay. But so. But like I've talked about before, that first year, I was actually introduced to Kali. Um, mm, yeah. So my my introduction to weapons was actually Kali first, mm. um, and not not Kobudo or, or you know or your traditional Kobudo Japanese or Okinawan weapons. Um, so that that had a big impact on my approach to weapons. In that I immediately and we've talked about this in the what other martial arts would you do episode was, you know, what struck me about that was we're not playing around anymore. We're not playing tag. We're, 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 you know, knife, machete, stick, empty hand, you know, we're, we're not playing around. We're, 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 this is the real deal. So then when I went to Japan, I had a very, you know, I was in the karate club and that was all, you know, competitive base. I mean, we did a lot of kihon, but our kumite was competition style kumite training. Um, But through the university, I met somebody who um, was uh, an administrator at the school, and he did uh, kendo. And so mm. I, I had a very brief introduction to that. So my introduction to Kobodo was not until I was actually already on the national team, mm. and the dojo that I was at, um, they had a Kobodo program. But I almost never participated. Um, it just didn't. I, I was never really that interested. I think I did one kata, like whatever whatever their kihon level, basic right. level bow kata was. I don't even remember the name, but I remember I have a note from like 1998 or 1999 somewhere where I'm I'm scribbling some notes on a paper about a bow kata and blocking left or blocking right hand, and I don't even yeah. know what it was. Right. But my introduction to Yamane Ryu was we went to, I think it was Nationals in 1999. And one of my other teammates, he always competed in, in Bo that I did Team Kata with. He always competed in Bo. And he went, and so I was, I was watching him. And then there was this other competitor got up. And he started doing, I don't know if it was, it was probably Tomari Shirotaru or Sakugawa. Uh-huh. But 
I, I like I, I still remember being almost dumbfounded. Like, what is he doing? Like, yeah. what? Why is his movement so different than what everybody else is doing? Um, and it really captivated me. And then I, I had no idea who that guy was, um, and I didn't see him again. I didn't get any more information until two thousand. Yeah, uh, summer of two thousand, maybe the following year. Um, I, I just happened to go, flew to California for a seminar uh, with Sakamoto Sensei, actually, of UADU. Mm-hmm. Um, and a small tournament, they held a, held a tournament there. And um, then that same, that same gentleman uh, showed up and I finally got to talk to him. And um, he told me, yeah, it's Yamane Diu and my, my sensei is Oshiro Sensei. And I was like, oh, I want to come do that. Because to me, it seemed like this is the missing link. Like this is, this is what from like this is what it was supposed to look like in my mind that's just i remember having that that impression of this is right. what it was supposed to look like um and so that was one of the big factors that influenced my move to california to train with oshiro sensei in two well i decided in 2000 we got there in may of 2001 hmm. yeah so um yeah so that was my introduction to Yamani Ryu. And Kobudo. Um, so around the t- same time that, uh, see, I know you as a like a, as a friend, and maybe our, our, our listeners don't have like a such a, a personal relationship with you yet. But I imagine that you looked at what was happening, and you were and the Phantom Menace just came out, <laughs> and you were like, "Oh my God, that is Darth Maul right there." I am actually trying to do, is that really what was going on in your mind? Like that, that's, that's, you can be honest. So, I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying that it was, but I'm also not saying that it wasn't. (laughs) However, the pants even matched and everything. I, I will admit that, you know, 1999 Phantom Menace came out. Me and my two teammates for team Kata, may have reenacted some scenes in the dojo with <laughs> Bo and Shinai more than once. More than once. <laughs> oh, man. I, mean, I hope there's video evidence somewhere out there. <laughs> conveniently, there were three people in in that fight, and conveniently, we had three people. Three people, yeah. Perfect. And so, yeah. Um, so, you know, Chris and John, if you're listening to this, uh, I still remember... Uh. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah yeah the fantastic tying tying back into our movie discussion and how movie uh, discussion yeah mar- martial arts movies influence our our actual martial arts <laughs> more than you can know yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so but you know for for curriculum kind of you mentioned um and we and we talked about briefly so Bo, for me, it's all about Bo, right? In fact, yeah. we, you know, it's Yamane Ryu Bojutsu. That's what we call it. We, right. I mean, we do Sai. We do Tompa. Um, I've seen Sensei do a Kama video. I'm sorry. Yeah, a Kama uh, Kata. Sorry, not video. Kama Kata. Um, supposedly, at one point, we did Nunchaku. I never actually learned Nunchaku from, from Sensei. Um, but I would imagine that with Yamani Ryu movement, though, 
the chuckle would make sense, like just kind of flowing, right? Like these, like yeah. I, I would imagine some of the stuff that you guys do with your 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 bow. If you were to just put in the chuckle in your hand, it would just be the chuckle kata. Probably, That's, yeah. If, if we have, if we still have a kata, that probably is what it what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, but the funny part is, so for me, it's bow, like I said. Right. Um, and I even sigh, I would consider that I tolerated sigh mm-hmm. until last year. No, I guess it was mid 2020 or summer 2020, probably. I watched some videos on YouTube of Kuroda Tetsuzan mm-hmm. sensei, um, who is a. I can't remember exactly what his, the style was, but it's like he's like the fifteenth generation of something Shingan Yu or something. I can't remember. No, it's not Shingan Yu. I, I can't remember exactly what the, the the style name is. But he's very famous in Japan for his kenjutsu. In fact, uh, Naka Sensei of Shotokan JKA uh-huh. just did a collaboration with him, and I saw briefly part of that. But he talks about you know some of the body movement and things like that in kenjutsu and. Um, some of what he said I was able to relate to, Oh, if I move my sigh, if I, if I have not moved my sigh, like he's moving the sword, but if I think about what he's talking about in how he's moving his body and apply some of those concepts of movement. And then I, as I was watching this, so I'm like, okay, maybe size not so bad. And then as I'm watching that, I was like, Oh, Shiro Sensei said almost the same thing. It's like <laughs> it's like yeah. that, you know. Go, go back and you know, and you don't do what your sensei says. You go ask another so you sensei. Hear from another sensei, you yeah. Hear from another sensei, <laughs> and then you go back and you tell your sensei what the other sensei told you—the exact same thing that your sensei told you in the first place. <laughs> and they just smack themselves on the forehead, like. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've I've gotten a, I've gotten much more over the last couple of years as I've changed my way of or my mental approach to how I approach Sai, I've gotten the Sai aren't so bad, but Tompa, mm, sorry. Me and Tompa. Well, maybe you just need to change your, your, your approach to it, just like Sai. And then you'll, you'll yeah, fall in I, love with I, I actually did. I actually, you know, I got a pair of, of really nice purple heart Tompa yeah. from Mike at Kensho International. And so Mike, here's the shout out for you. If you need, good wood weapons or sai you know kensho international is a good option for you out of seattle um mm. and also a fellow yamane you practitioner so you know just saying just saying just saying a little, little plug for kensho L- little plug for <laughs> kensho but anyways so he he sent me a pair this of this is not a sponsored video <laughs> or, or a podcast <laughs> yeah um yeah no 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 endorsements have been paid yeah. um, but he sent me a pair of really nice purple heart tompa Nice. And uh, it did change my approach. I look at them frequently. You look at them a lot now. I so. look at them a lot and yeah. think, man, those are some sexy tompa. There, um, they, they look so and nice. They, and they deserve to just stay right there. Right there. <laughs> not not digged up at all or, or manipulated. Yeah, no. Just there's no there's no you know kumi bow or you know kumite with my with my tompa versus a bow. Nope. <laughs> no. 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 Nope. Not today. Okay. So, so I, I do have one more question for you, though. Sure. 
as a long time or you know whatever practitioner of Okinawan Kobudo, mm-hmm. do you think that Kobudo practice has a place in today's modern world? Um, that's a, I think that's a tough one to answer, and I think it depends on the practitioner themselves and what they do day to day. Uh, you and I have had conversations about, uh, you know, other hobbies that I have and that you have a shared interest in, and you have made uh, connections from your system of Kobudo to that same hobby. But my system of Kobudo doesn't necessarily translate to that in the same way as far as like the, you know, body movement and mechanics, right? Right. right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, again, it's two different, two different systems of thought. Uh, you know, I, I think that one of the, um, the worst things that I hear like Kobudo instructors say like, oh yeah, it definitely translates into modern usage. You know, if you can swing a bow, then you can pick up a broom and hit somebody. Well, I don't, I don't need like Kobudo training to just like pick up a broom and, or a stick or a, or a bat or something to, you know, swing at somebody and use it in a violent offensive or defensive kind of manner. You know, I, that's, I, I can just hit somebody with a stick and, and right. be totally fine. Right. Um, I think for me personally, I love training Kobudo and I love the, um, the cultural connection to Okinawa and the, the preservation of that, uh, that for me, that's, that's more my approach to it than being like, okay, well, here's how we can, you know, defend ourselves, you know, out in the quote unquote streets with, you know, our, our sigh, you know, or, yeah. or whatever. So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? So I have on, on one hand, uh, I agree with like that second part of what you said it's yeah. because you can make the same argument for karate. In right. fact, when I talk about karate, I ask people, you know, why, why, or when I'm getting new students or, or I'm talking to people, like, why do you want to learn karate? Mm-hmm. If you want to learn karate to learn just punching and kicking or even like we do a lot of, like, I don't in my, in my normal class right now, we don't do what I would consider like competitive kumite. Right. We do a lot of drills. Like when I'm right. teaching kata, I will work a partner drill. I will go through it and explain this is how, you know, bunkai. I will explain how we use the techniques. And then almost every drill I do, or I'm sorry, almost every class, I try to incorporate some kind of partner drill to where they yeah. are having to do some sort of movement to, you know, a parry or you know, a palm strike, elbow, you know, basic techniques that we pull from the kata that they're working on now and show them how, even in the most basic sense, this can be one way that this is used so that it's very grounded. Uh But I caveat all of that with, if you want, like, this is not, we are not teaching a self-defense class or a fighting class. If you want to learn to punch and kick, there are other more efficient ways Right. To do that. Yeah. So, you know, regular traditional air quote, traditional karate training is not the most efficient way to do that. You will develop those skills and you will Mm -hmm. do it over Mm -hmm. time. 
And if we had private lessons, that might be different. Like my daughter can do techniques because we're one-on-one -on -one instruction. And in, in a much shorter amount of time, I can get her up to speed on specific techniques. Right. And I kind of, on one hand, I approach Kobodo somewhat the same way. Now, uh, the cultural aspects, right? There's a lineage, there's a way of doing it. Um, our, for me, part of it is the challenge. Like, you know, our way of swinging the bow and body mechanics is just different than yours. Right. And for me, it's still very much of a challenge to, to, to try and make my body do what I want it to do and, 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 and things like that. Um, you know, like even I, I was scrolling through a text from a long time ago. I was looking for something else and one of our, our conversations popped up, popped up and um, I sent you, uh, I had sent you a video of Nishime Sensei doing Yonegawa, I'm sorry, yeah, Yonegawa, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, Hidari Bow, left, left bow. Right. And your, your response was, dang, that stuff looks hard. <laughs> right. And, and it is. So there's part of it. There's that. There's the training side of it that I really enjoy trying to do that. There's the cultural side. Yes, exactly the same thing you said that ties to Okinawa. And I wouldn't go so far as to say that if you learn bow, you can do all of those other things. But I will say it familiarizes you with having something in your hand. Yes, mm -hmm. you're absolutely correct. You can pick up a bat. You can pick up a broomstick, you can swing it at somebody and, and hit them. But the flip side of that is, I mean, you know, we do, we don't, we don't need to, we, we, we can hit people with our hands and we don't need to do karate training. Right. So right. It, it gives us training to where we can develop skills that we could use, or if we're confronted with a situation, how to deal with things coming at us. Sure. Right. Like the, like the bow or, or whatnot. Um, you know, Sai, uh, I think Sai, I, I envision more of, um, not quite empty hand, but if I had something shorter, right? Like if I just had, uh, some improvised, if I got in a situation, I had to have an improvised weapon. I'm used to having something in my hand. I've trained myself to be using a tool. Um, right. So that's kind of, uh, why I still like it. I mean, the biggest part is, um, like you said, the, the, or like I said earlier, the, the, the cultural side, but then also the, just the training of it myself as, as, as an expansion of my karate. Yeah. But, I mean, because let's be honest, if we're talking about having a weapon or whatever in having to, to deal with that, then, you know, a, a stick is... A stick is very low or much lower on my list of well, things that I want to have. And that's what I was exactly going to say. I mean, if, 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 if the need to train to have something in your hand is present so you can deal with a, a conflict, there's another different weapons that I would choose. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Like, exactly. you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a saying I've heard, like, uh, how to, how to describe it. So like your, like if you're talking about guns and, and, and gunfighting, like uh, the, the, your handgun is the gun that you use to get you to your long guns. Right. Right. 
And it's like, nobody knows when you're getting a gunfight, but you can't always walk around all strapped up and kitted out with your Mark 18, your M4 or whatever, <laughs> right? Because if you were, if you knew you were going to get in a gunfight, you'd bring all the guns you have and all of your friends with guns and you'd bring everybody, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I, 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 I mean, if I, if I knew I was going to be in a confrontation that required me to be armed, um, and you know, and here's this other fallacy too, because we're talking about weapons and, and combat or, or fighting, you know, and this is something that's, that's come up in, I've seen it. Let me phrase that. It's probably been in a lot of movies, but it's started pinging in my awareness over the last couple of years where people will discard whatever weapon system they have yeah. to fight empty handed. And I was yeah. like, you had a, you had a gun or you had a stick or a knife. Why would you drop that to like, no, right. You, you never want to match. You never want to be equal. You want to try and have the superior weapon system on your opponent because this, the, 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 it's not a, right. it's not a, 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 a boxing match or a UFC match. I mean, if we're talking confrontation, it's a confrontation and you want to end it as soon as possible. Like our Bunkai conversation, just finish it yeah. right. Last time it. or the time before, just finish it. But our heroes in, you know, these, these movies and stuff, they, they're supposed to have honor and, you know, this integrity <laughs> and they, their, their opponent loses their weapon. So they put their weapon down so they can have a more even match. And yeah, you know, it, it's, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll counter that, that yes, that is why it's doing that. But I just watched, so I, I told you, I, I watched uh, nobody on, yes. uh, which is made by, I believe the same group of people that made John Wick. Mm. The night before that, though, I saw The Last Duel, mm-hmm. also on HBO right now, but um, with, uh, oh, what's his name? Kylo Ren and uh-huh. uh, Jason Bourne. <laughs> Kylo Ren and Jason Bourne. That is their, <laughs> their real names. <laughs> right? Matt Damon and uh, Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. Adam yep. Driver, right? Um, and so without getting into it, uh, you know, the, the last duel is obviously there's a duel, right? It's set in 1380-something France. Yes. But the duel was not any of those things that you described, right? It was not, uh, I mean, they, in that they, they, they kept going for the next weapon and the next weapon and the next weapon. And yeah. uh, even the, I, without spoiling it any for anybody, there's, a, there's obviously a winner and a loser in a duel. Right. Um, but the last move... The, the finishing move was uh, very slick. Like I was like, oh, I mean, very, very bloody, very gory. Yeah. So, you know, just be, be warned, prepared. Yeah. be prepared. But I thought, okay, that whoever, whoever thought of that move in the, who there's their fight choreography was really thinking about winning at all costs. Tactical um, advantage. Tactical advantage. And yeah. uh, when you watch it, like even if you don't watch the movie, because it's it's not what I would call, there's a lot of, um, not a lot of excitement. It was, it was mm-hmm. very long and whatnot. I, it was a good movie. But uh, that duel, the fighting in that was very real, brutal. Um, and then the, the finishing, when it, when, it, when it ended, I was like, oh, but that was like very, very, uh, cool. very very cool move and yeah. it's one of those things that you you know without getting into telling what the technique was it's when you like they're thinking about using 
different things than just like we always punch and kick, right? Yeah. Um, and I'll give the 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 the, the, the ex- another example. Uh, you know, Oshiro Sensei did a seminar uh, a couple of years ago in Tokyo, about two years ago now, actually, um, right when the pandemic was kicking off, and um, there was a U.S. national team member there in the it was a participant, and he talked about how when you grab like you grab somebody's dogi or you're going to grab them, mm-hmm. well, we just in training we just you know we 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 like our training partners, right. We don't want to like hurt shoving them and jerking them around and stuff. Yeah. You just, well, you just when you reach passively. In, yeah. He didn't grab just the, the dogi. He actually like reached in and grabbed your skin, grabbed the pectoral muscle <laughs> yeah. at the top, right below the collarbone and yeah. twisted that as you're grabbing. And those are yeah. some, you know, the next, the, the, the technique included and behind the technique that we don't really think about very often. Yeah. I think we went off topic of Kobodo there. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe a little bit. I mean, what is Kobudo really, right? It's just old school. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean weapon. So Yeah, that's true. So Kobudo, Kobujutsu. Yeah. Well, actually, we, you know, and that's where even it, it but I think terminology frames your mental approach. Yeah. So we don't, we don't say Kobudo. We say Kobujutsu, Yamanedu, Bojutsu. Yeah. Right. Right on, on our, our our certificates say Yamanedu you know Ryukyu Kobujutsu you know Yamanedu Bojutsu yeah and so mind you not mind say Zenokino Kobudo Renne yeah yeah well I guess I mean our our organization name actually has the has Bujutsu rather than Udo in it so, yeah anyways so I I, I but I. I think that does, you know, the work, it frames your approach if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kobodo. Uh, but I really like it. Yeah. I am a huge fan. Well, I'm sold. I'm going to swing my boat today. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Yeah, I think you I definitely should. will. I definitely will. I've been, um, it was actually kind of funny because I was I, I videoed myself doing my chikendo uh, kun yesterday. I'm not going to send it to you, so don't ask. <laughs> it was not it was not not great. Uh, not my, not my worst one ever, but just not great. But I've I've realized that uh, I'm, things that I, I I normally teach, like I was looking at in my video, and I'm like, I'm not even doing that. Like I need to I need to like I need to get my body upright, and I need to get my hips over here, and. Yeah, so I gotta gotta spend some like personal time with my my weapons here and, and my Kobudo system. Yeah, Next, you know, get it, get it tuned back up because it is it's lacking right now. Sounds like somebody needs some more kihon. I do. I need more kihon for sure, for sure. And I I, I have been relying on doing just kata to get my kihon in, and it just not works. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know if that episode's been released yet. <laughs> well, I guess by the well, time this one comes out, by the time out, this one comes out, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think yep. that's a that's a good enough place to, yeah. to wrap this yeah, one this, up. This, so. be, this is a uh, forty-seven minutes. This is officially yeah. our shortest episode, I think. Is it? Is it? Yeah. It might. be. I thought the Kihon one was our shortest one. Uh, no, I think that ah. Uh... It still went to like 40 some minutes, I think. Okay. All right. Or maybe 50. 
anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. This is a shorter one. I, I, I had a feeling this one was going to be a little bit on the shorter side anyway with our, yeah. our topic. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, yeah, it was good chatting with you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, go swing your bow. I swung my bow a little bit today. Uh, felt good. Good. I need a bigger place, though. Start running the walls. <laughs> you need. You just need better footwork. That's all that means. <laughs> oh yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> all right, so, man. Well, all right. Have a good one. You too. And uh, once you uh, take us out for our listeners. Oh man, I thought you were taking us out because I brought us in. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I'll take it out. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So for everybody listening. Uh, from Jonathan and I, uh, thank you for, for tuning in and listening to the way of his podcast and, you know, shoot us a message on our Instagram or our, our Facebook mm. if, uh, and tell us about your Kobodo and, or what you like about Kobodo and uh, keep training hard. <laughs>